This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Coming to you from the Yaroslav Bednar Studios here in Southern California. DB, what's happening? Uh, you, have you recovered from the draft and free agency? Are you are you okay? No, no, I'm not okay yet. So you, you named your studio after a 10-goal scorer in the NHL. Uh, well, Props to you, bro. Look, here's here's the story, DB. Uh, the studios, I mean, anybody can name the studio, the Wayne Gretzky studio, even the Tomas Sandstrom studio, okay? Right. I, I try to find names to jog people's memory, to have some good times. Look, we're coming out of the draft, and DB, Bednar was a kid that was drafted in the second round by the LA Kings, the, yeah, two, the 2001 right. NHL draft, quite some time ago, and he played uh, over the course of two seasons here in Los Angeles during uh, the 2001-2 to and the 203 season so right after the Kings moved into Staples Center for those of you that were wondering right. when did Bednar suit up for the LA Kings that was a, a number of years ago DB things have really improved since then including what they just did at the recent draft uh why don't we just sort of jump in there uh any any thoughts about the Kings tail oh, the Kings took Quentin Byfield at number two by the way but uh any any wow, thoughts shocking John <laughs> you know I don't know uh any thoughts about uh from from Byfield on down through uh the numbers this what is that uh, 190 in the seventh round any thoughts on the the players they picked up um no look you and I've talked we rarely talked about Stutzler to be honest with you and then that nothing was decided upon until the last few minutes but um to me like the move to get Leah Anderson mm-hmm. like I think that's the home run sure I, the kids in the second round and I, I think we tweeted this and you, both of us the defenseman aren't gonna be ready for at least a couple of years mm-hmm. but by field we'll see what happens I don't we can get into the big picture in a minute, but I just think getting Byfield, getting Leas Anderson, um, I, I think to me those are the two home runs. And if you can hit two home runs in the draft, John, that, that's all you can ask for at this point. So really, really good job. It was a no-brainer or two, I thought. Uh, I think you get a guy who 
could be the next Kopitar, Malkin, or Eric Stahl. You got to go for him every time. I can't believe you threw Eric Stahl into the mix there. Like, you could have just stopped at Kopitar and Malkin, and that would have been good. Eric Stahl's had a pretty good career, John. Eric Stahl is no Andre Kopitar or Malkin. Why don't you come on? That's just stop it. Stop come it. Come on. Stop it. Okay. Uh, the two defensemen that you mentioned in the second round, you're absolutely right. You're talking about two 18-year-old kids. And for the, I, I know everybody wants all the, all the prospects. Play the kids. Play the kids. Uh, but you also, guys, you need to pay attention that uh, defensemen typically develop, just like goaltenders, a little bit later, a couple years beyond the forward. Yeah. So you're talking about two 18-year-old defensemen. They'll be fine. Settle down. We'll talk more about them in the out years. Uh, guys like Mikey Anderson just now are coming into their own. Guys like Kale Clegg, you know, players that were taken a couple of years ago. They, they all develop. They eventually get there. Uh, there also are some nice picks later in the, in the draft. And we'll talk uh, with Christian Rutu, who is our guest today, the head of the, uh, the King scouting staff over in Europe. We'll talk to Roots about some of the other players. Uh, DB, let's quickly touch on free agency. Uh, I did... Mm. I did uh, Put an article out on mayorsmanner.com. Uh, there are two players, depth moves that the Kings were looking to make. Uh, they signed a couple guys to one-year deals, including defenseman uh, Mark Alt. But look, here's the story. People that are asking, well, why aren't they taking this player? Why aren't they, why aren't they trying to get this guy? I don't know how many times we have to say this, DB, but the Kings roster is full at the NHL level. They already have, for example, eight defensemen. I mean, I guess if you want to start in goal, the goaltending positions are filled. They have Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson. Now, when you move to defense, they have eight guys that are legitimately trying to uh, compete and fight, you know, and secure whatever you want to call it, seven spots. So you have, in no particular order, you have Dowdy and Mata. There's two. Then you have Roy and Walker, and then you have uh, uh, Curtis McDermott and Mikey Anderson. Okay, there's six. And then you're going to have mm-hmm. Bjorn Foot and Clegg spending uh, swapping time as as the other guy. So there's eight defensemen right there. So they don't have the opportunity. You know, I mean, could they sign somebody else and keep some of these kids like Bjorn Foot in the AHL? Yeah, certainly they can. But that's not the intention. You want these kids getting NHL experience and playing so that in 12 to 24 months from now, the Kings can be considered more of a playoff contender, and they would have kids that have NHL experience. And then at the forward spot, you're talking anywhere you you know any way you want to look at it, you're talking about 17, 18 different guys that are trying to compete for the 14 spots at forward uh, if you consider all of those players to be assets, meaning that you don't want to put a guy like Mike Amadio as an example. You don't want to necessarily Mm -hmm. put him on waivers. You can. I mean, if you went out and signed somebody, you could. Uh, but you want to give the kids more playing time. You want to see Blake Lazat getting more playing time. You want to see Trevor Moore. You want to see Carl Grundstrom. You want to see Matt Luff. You want to see players like that getting more um, NHL games. But, DB, where I was going with all of this is that there's an interesting there's an interesting thing that I thought we could debate for a few minutes before we bring in Rutu, and that is uh, Tyler Johnson, okay? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. he was on waivers, and yes, the Kings could have picked him up for free. They didn't, and neither did any other team. Uh, they have been trying to trade him. Just an interesting thought. We, we discussed the whole Bobby Ryan possibility, the pros and cons of it on the last podcast. Here's a thought with Tyler Johnson. If you could get a first-round draft pick out of Tampa to take on that contract, that's going to either help you, meaning the LA Kings, or it's going it, in one of two ways. It's going to help you to package up and do something perhaps in the first round of next year, or it could potentially be used as a sweetener in order to get Seattle to take him. He's a Washington native. That could be a good story there uh, for them to take one of their own, if you will. And from a, from a cap perspective, if you could get Tampa to eat some of that salary for this year. Now, I know he has four years left, right? So my, my whole thinking Mm-hmm. here is it's a little bit of a gamble but you'd have to have an end game and that is that you're not going to have him on your books for the full four years so could you use a player like that on the third line to push some of these kids to make the LA Kings more competitive next year and it's kind of like a calculated 
uh, rental, right? And depending upon the amount of salary that you could get Tampa to withhold, it would be theoretically much easier for them to either buy him out in a couple of years or to trade him and retain some salary to another team for the final couple of years. I know there's some risk involved in it, but as a year or two rental, if you could swing a first round draft pick out of it, and hey, how about this? How about you send what I would call a dead contract the other way, get a contract off the books like they did in the old Imada deal. Uh, there are some players that most likely will not play in Los Angeles that they signed once upon a time. Maybe a Daniel Brickley. There's, you know, there's a couple other guys. Uh, you send a dead contract contract back the other way and you have a rental i don't know what do you think uh, okay it's a lot to unpack well, this is there, gonna, yeah it's just gonna be a lot we're finally gonna debate we haven't debated in a long time we're gonna debate now okay so i watched tyler johnson play here's a trivia question who had more points last year tyler johnson or adrian kempe i'll answer that for you it wasn't tyler johnson okay number one number two i watched him in the postseason john just too much tread he's too small he's too frail there's too much to try. And I'm not spending $5 million. If you can get it for three, maybe. Here's the issue, John. And this is not Tyler Johnson. This is our pal EJ Raddick during um, free agency on Friday. Ask Rob Blake what the Fords were going to look like next year. Mm-hmm. Okay? And Rob said it's going to basically look the same as this year. Shocking. Okay? <laughs> Shocking. Okay. Well, yeah, but, but here's the issue, though. Right? This team was 28th in offense. Mm-hmm. Right? Um I thought this year, this coming year, was going to be an evaluation for this young talent, and it's the young talent that you talk about. Like, like right now, Trevor Moore is a left line, second line left wing. Like, here's here's what the, here's where the Kings are right now. No, Trevor and Moore is going to play in a bottom six role. Well, who's the second line left wing? Most likely, it would be Adrian Kempe. Funny enough, you put Kempe I with Velarde. For... No, but I, I thought he had. No. Street with a Lazat. Eh, you, you could. You could play him there. That's you, you can. That's true. And then you're right. Trevor Moore would end up there because Matt Luff would be on yeah. the right side. So it's right. possible, I guess. Sure, sure. It's possible. Okay, so, so stay with me on this. So, okay. so here's where I'm going to use a baseball analogy now. Right now, what the Kings are are the Tampa Bay Rays, right? They're, they're, just, they're, just, they're just staying with their prospects, right? What they need to do is become the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. When they put together four prospects – and got Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. At some point in time, this team is going to have to do because it, it's John right now. When I look at the roster, they're not making the playoffs. They're not close to the play. They're the same team as last year. If you think the seven game winning streak was, you know, where this team's going to be next year, I, I'm I'm concerned that. And not only that, if I follow had a career year last year and regresses, like this team is going to struggle to score. Man, they didn't get any better offensively on the blue line. Like a lot of this revolves around Dowdy couldn't be better. Like so, right now. They're just leveraging everything on their prospects. They're not going to play the prospects next year because the the guys that you mentioned are second tier prospects. Sure. Like the, the the blue ribbon guys aren't going to play. So to me, right now, that's where they stand. And they they and I know I'm I'm want to be more aggressive, uh, not in the free agency. I want them to make a big move, use some of these assets to get a legitimate star player. That's what I like to see happen. Do I think it's going to happen? No. That that's my so. Being the Tampa Bay Rays is not a bad thing. It's not a disrespectful thing, what I'm saying. But it's not to a point where, like, they're scaring people. They will not scare people next year. And I would like to see some of these kids. And, John, you can weigh in. Like, maybe you get to see these kids in the second half of the year. But if you do, then they're not going to be in contention for a postseason spot. So that's my not – that's my – it's a critique. It's a criticism. It's not a hard criticism. It's just – I just – I want more with all these assets. So you're talking about adding another pick for 
You get Tyler John. Enough already with the picks. Enough with the prospects. Move some of these guys out because we know they have too many players, John. Like you and I are on the same. Like they got a hell of a lot of prospects. That's a great thing to have, right? But they've got like they've got Hesop Troy playing at first base, not. Okay. Hold on. Wait a minute. Let me, let me react to a little bit of that before we wrap up the Go first ahead. period here. First of all, Go I ahead. see more offense in this team next year. You're going to have Gabe Velarde for the full season. You're going to have Martin Furk for the full season. That's going to help generate some more offense. I think with the righty-lefty mm-hmm. balance, I like the defense better coming in this year than what I saw from the team last year. So I think there is some more offensive there. Matt Luff has a big, heavy shot out on the wing. If he gets into more games, I like what you're going to be able to get out of Matt Luff. I think Carl Grunstrom comes in with more confidence than he had a year ago I think you could get some offense from him as well obviously there's a lot of ifs there and there's a lot of hope there and a lot of what I just said right there is okay fine and Tyler Johnson might not be the player that's going to be the big star offensively but what I like about getting that first round pick back is if you don't have to use that in a sweetener to get Seattle going and to get him off the books I do like the fact if you could pick up another first round draft pick I've said this repeatedly DB the thing that the LA Kings need to put their prospect pool over the top and it's already one of the top three in all of the NHL but to really put it over the top. They need a big time defenseman. They don't have that. And next year's crop of of the draft picks in the first round is heavy on high-end stud defensemen. And if the Kings are in the middle of the first round next year, they're not going to be a top five team next year. If they're in the middle of the first round and they have another first round, albeit a late first round, there is a big difference between trying to trade from from an asset perspective, trying to trade pick 28 to pick 33. Now, even though statistically you'll find there isn't much difference between those players ultimately ended up end up playing in the NHL more than 200 games. Psychologically, there's a big difference for NHL GMs when you're trading a first-round pick compared to when you're trading an early second-round pick. So to pick up a 27, 28, 29, wherever Tampa's going to fall in the first round, this having that being able to potentially package that with your own mid-round pick and to move up, even if you moved up four spots, those four spots could be critical in next year's draft if you're looking to add a stud defenseman. So I would just say it's it's worth yeah. discussing. It's worth talking about. I'm not saying it's a home run deal. I'm not saying it's Panarin to the Rangers, okay? But I think that it is something <laughs> that if you get that first rounder out of there, it certainly makes yeah. it more exciting to me. Um, there's a lot to not like about the deal. I get that. And there's risk involved because yeah. of the potential buyout and how would it all work and how much money is Tampa retaining. But I'll just say it's not the dumbest idea that I've ever heard. So No, uh, no, no, no. But you can make that move at the end of next season. You don't have to make no, – you, you're you right. Don't have to, right? you got two seconds, two-thirds. You could finagle another deal. I, I get the logic. I, I understand it. I just – when I see that player, like the problem is if he comes in and has another season like this season where he had 31 points, yeah, then you're, you're stuck. stuck with yeah, him. Then you're yeah. stuck. Then you're hoping, you're hoping that you then can find hoping. a way to get Seattle to unload him. That's fair. <laughs> I, I get your point. How about this, yep. DB? Uh, we say this all the time. Enough of us. How about the guest? On the other side of the break here, we have Christian Rutu, head of the LA Kings uh, European scouting staff. We'll talk with Roots, some good stories, uh, hopefully, and some uh, talk about his playing days as well as what the Kings did in the most recent draft here in 2020. Christian Rutu coming up after the break.
Well, welcome back, second period. And as promised uh, last week or so, joining us this time around is the head European scout for the LA Kings and former NHL player, Christian Rutu. Roots, how are you? Outstanding, thank you. Uh, back from the game at the cottage. Yeah, so so for people that don't know, uh, Roots is actually back home right now, so the time difference is uh, quite significant compared to Los Angeles, but nonetheless, he agreed to uh, to join the show. Now, Roots, I'm going to warn you right off the top here. I have, we have a lot to cover. We want to talk about the recent draft, obviously, with the LA Kings. We want to talk about World Juniors. We want to talk about a lot of different things. Uh, we have some stories about you. We want to talk about your playing days as well, but I need to get uh, something. I, I love nicknames, and so I want to get to that first. I've always referred to you as Roots and heard most people refer to you as Roots, but I actually found out that you have another nickname, not very well known, and that is Ruber, as in Uber, uh, for your uh, ex- for the fact that you drive around a lot of the, the, the King scouts and management and the executives when they're, when they're over in Finland. So are you aware of this, or is this something they call you behind your back? No, I'm actually, I, I'm okay with it, because <laughs> I'm driving anyway, so Ruber sounds good to me. Okay, so, <laughs> so I'm, 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 I'm okay with it. Right. So you have to I get like to the to game drive. anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like to drive. I'm okay. All right, good. I, I like to drive fast, too, so that's it. All right, okay. Um, at the end of our Mark and Eddie podcast, which, by the way, still might be going. Mark might still be answering one of the questions that we asked him. I'm not sure. But um, at the end of the Yanetti podcast, he talked about the fact that uh, he was very complimentary towards you and was saying thank you for the fact that you always pay attention to detail and that when, when these guys come over from the States to spend time scouting over in Europe, that uh, whether it were back in the day with Mike Fuda and, he, he, you know, you wanted to make sure he had the right hair care product and all of that stuff. He uh, Yank wanted the good gyms and things like that. So wh- what's up with the attention to detail? Where did that, when did that start? Is it just part of your, your nature or did you, did you develop that after your playing days? No, I, I don't know. I, well, the biggest detail is probably that I make sure that Mark goes home too from Europe. So <laughs> you don't forget that one. Uh, no, uh, it, it's pretty, it's pretty easy because Mark only, Mark wants a good gym. And uh, he, he, I mean, as bad eater as he is. So you, you just got to go with the low end restaurant with schnitzel at it. So that's what he wants to eat. So it's pretty much, it's that's easy. Good French fries, schnitzel, and a lot of salt. That's his sauce. So, really? So that is pretty easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I talked That's to a couple easy. people in the King's accounting department, and they were saying that all of his expense reports say the same thing, pizza and Diet Coke, and that's it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know about pizza, but I know it's a different diet, I'll tell you that much. But <laughs> as much as salt as he put it in his body, he better work out a lot. He does and work he out does. a lot. He does. Yeah. Uh, here's a story that you might not even know. Um, it, so... For those that didn't join us on the last podcast, Yanetti went on and on about the about how famous you are over in Europe and how really you're a big deal and, and the seas part when you walk into arenas and different places. And uh, I have a story that I'm not even sure that you are aware of, but uh, on the King scouting staff, one of the one of the other scouts, uh, Teddy Belisle, back in the day when when he was a nobody, as I'm sure he would probably tell the story, um, he was a college. Uh, recruiter at the time and he was backpacking across Europe and he was uh, trying to I think he was in Scandinavia uh, looking for some players and there was a a college player uh, that had gone over there or excuse me he was trying to recruit to come and play college and um, the kid 
the kid uh, and his parents, or maybe it was Stockholm, I'm sorry, it was Stockholm. Um, the kid, his parents, nobody really had time uh, for Teddy. They just didn't want to talk to him, and uh, they wanted nothing to do with him. No matter, what the, no matter what Teddy did, he couldn't get an angle in to, to have five minutes or let alone 30-minute conversation to try to recruit this kid. And then all of a sudden, he's, uh, Teddy caught up with you, and you wouldn't have even really known him very much at the time, but the, the parents, I think the father specifically, saw you talking to Teddy and walking into an arena together. And then from that point forward, now all of a sudden the dad was willing to make time for Teddy. Have you, are you aware of this story? No, I, Teddy never told me, but I, I met Teddy a few times. I, of course, I took care of Teddy if I had a chance because he's a good friend of Gaspo and he takes good care of Gaspo's buddies, you know? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, well, I did. Uh, I did meet Teddy when he was working for the college several times, coming to the junior tournament. So I always, I always met him in the most coldest rinks around. <laughs> we're both always freezing, so we're close to each other. Uh, wait, and it, it was before COVID. They were, this was before COVID nineteen time, though. Now we can't be close even anymore. Yes, yes. Back back in the good old days when we could actually attend games in person, we could talk to people, uh, we could attend concerts, we could actually have fun uh, prior to 2020. Yeah. It, it seems like so long ago, though. Uh, so, yep. so what's that like? I mean, uh, now you, you, you don't get the fame or attention when you're attending games because there's nobody there to, to recognize you and to pay attention to you. Well, it's, it's totally different now. It's actually... Just going to the games is uh, making. I mean, making up schedule is really hard because you can only make a schedule a day advance because you don't know if the guys are playing, uh, if the games are canceled. Then you have to do. Uh, you have to order tickets, so it's not like we used to be able to just as scouts go to league games because we had cards. Get in junior games. There was no problems. Now you have to order tickets, and you're not sure if you can get into the building, et cetera, et cetera. So, so it's 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 a lot of work now. All of a sudden, uh, due to these things, and hopefully, it gets better soon. Well, knowing what a great host you are, um, I'm going to put you on the spot right now then because World Juniors, I, w- I had the privilege of spending some time with you at the World Junior Tournament up in Vancouver uh, and with, with all the changing of the World Junior schedule, it's the, the tournament is not coming to Finland anytime soon, but I believe in three years from now, the tournament's going to be in Sweden. So um, I'm going to need you to host me. I'm going to need you to drive me around to the games and everything and I'm going to spend more time with you. So can you commit to that right now? Yeah, sure. And I, I, we got even better hosts. We got Nick. That's going to be in Gothenburg anyways. That's where Nick lives. So we, we got Mr. Frelunda uh, helping us out too. Perfect. Set. I love it. I can't wait for it. Uh, now, look, you, uh, you were drafted in the seventh round, just to talk about your playing days for, for a few minutes before we get to more recent times and the Kings and everything. Um, do you remember w- what it was like the day that you were drafted? How did, that, how did that work? I'm assuming you weren't at the draft. Did somebody call you, send a telegram? Did you find out from a friend? How did you find out you were taken by the Sabres? I really remember. That's right. I found out about two, three months later I was drafted. <laughs> what? <laughs> I had I, I had no clue. I had no clue uh, that Mr. Mr. Buffalo and Mr. Bowman drafted me. So I, I think the, to be honest, though, I think my draft came out of when I went to play, uh, play for prep school. Went to prep school in Belmont Hill in Boston. I think that's that's where it all started. Uh, and um, I, I really, 
I have no re- I have no memory of knowing I was drafted under I, until I got my first contract offer from the NHL. And what I was, didn't even have an agent at that time. So how did you get how did you get the contract? What was the the backstory there? If you were you in communication with them at all, or it really came out of the clear blue sky? It just came out of the clear blue sky. Actually, right through the, uh, the through the door with the post. It was a, one of those long letters, like it was a yellow pages of, I mean, I, I, it was long. I, I mean, you, you just dropped it and it was probably about 10 feet long, the whole contract. Unbelievable. So, uh, I, I, yeah, at that, at that time, I mean, I, NHL wasn't even in my plans. What were your plans? My plans were to go to, well, my, my plans was I went to Belmont Hill, uh, to finish, uh, you know, finish high school in the States in Boston and come back home to graduate from finish high school. And then I was supposed to go to Harvard well. or BU. So that uh, Coach Cleary was for, I don't know, was it BU what Jeff, uh, Mr. Parker was coaching mm-hmm. or BC? I can't remember. I love BC but anyways, campus. I was, I was supposed, yeah, well, I was supposed to go to Harvard. Uh, and as well as I knew about the NCAA rules, uh, came home, played pro in Finland, and graduated from Finnish high school. And then I was ready to go to Harvard. And now you play pro already, so you can't come and play college hockey anymore. And I had no clue. <laughs> A rule breaker. Well we A rule breaker from the beginning. <laughs> I had no clue, though. We didn't know. So then you, so you get the contract. I, yeah. And then what? I didn't sign that one. No, I didn't sign for the next three years. Uh, um, Don Basie was my agent. I, and I refused to sign because I thought, I, you know, I want to do my uh, military service first. And then I wanted to start uh, business school in Helsinki. And... Uh, I kept saying, uh, no, thank you. I'm not coming over yet. Maybe next year or maybe next year. And I know Mr. Bowman got a little bit mad at me. So I think the draft was in Montreal. And he made the final push saying this would be the year that I should come over. And I said, uh, nope, uh, I want to play one more world championship. And then I think I'm going to be ready, more ready to play in the NHL than right now. And I want to start the school get into the school and at least go one year of school and then come over. Uh, he actually had <laughs> on me of that phone call. And a uh, couple days later, uh, Tom Basie flew to Finland and said, uh, Buffalo and Mr. Bowman agreed to all our terms, but I have to sign today and I have to come after my regular uh, playoffs in Finland is over. And if Buffalo is in the playoffs, I'll play for Buffalo in the playoffs. So I said, well, that was a change of plans all of a sudden in one, two days. So then I signed and and came actually Buffalo. I think Buffalo lost in the first round to Quebec. So I ended up going back to the World Championships in the end. And then I came over the next year. Hmm. But I signed a year before gotcha. the contract. So 86-87 was your, was your first official year, right? And Scotty Bowman was the coach there in Buffalo at the time. Yeah, yeah. Scotty was the coach and the GM. 
And, you know, it's funny because Christian was, uh, his first year was a great year, 22 goals, 43 assists, but there's an L.A. connection. So Christian was the sixth, he wound up sixth in the Calder voting. And the top three, there's an L.A. connection. Luke Robitaille won the Calder, Ronnie Hextall was second, and Jimmy Carson was third, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, what a, what a, I mean, uh, what a year those two had in 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 LA, uh, Carson and Luke. They were they were on fire the whole year. Uh, Luke keeps reminding me about who won the uh, rookie <laughs> of the year every time I see him. But I think I had more assists that year than he did. You did. You had forty three. He had thirty nine. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. I'm not selfish. <laughs> no. <laughs> Now, Roots, you were uh, 21 during your rookie season. Now, I'm assuming that that was a number that was assigned to you, though, because coming in as a rookie, you normally don't have a lot of uh, say-so. Or was there any was there any attachment to that number 21? Not really. Uh, I think uh, I, I played in Finland. I played with number 20 and 22. Uh, and when I came over... Uh, uh, one of the greatest uh, trainers ever, Rip Simonic, had 21 hanging in my stall. So I thought that was that was fine because I was in between 20 and 22. So I thought that was perfect fit. Now later, you were able to wear both 20 and 22, though, in your in your pro career in the NHL. Yes, uh, I I had 22 in Chicago and 20 in Vancouver. I knew I had no chance for 21 in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, my, you might you might have to uh yeah i don't think that one's available for you um talk about buffalo though just there for a f- there. Yeah. yeah talk about buffalo just for a few minutes i mean you played in, in one of the most infamous arenas there at the odd just what do you what do you remember about that building the building was great uh actually uh, uh the boards were awesome um it wasn't wasn't any fancy, but, you know, our locker room was fine. Uh, I thought the ice was fine. I thought the crowds were great. Uh, uh, I know the, uh, the visiting locker rooms were probably the worst in the league. Uh, as far as I know, I heard it was really cold floors, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I enjoyed – I thought the rink was good, good for our, good for our style of game. And uh, even it was very small, but then again, Adam Division was a very defensive division at that time, so it was, it was really there were tight games. Wherever you had Montreal, Quebec, uh, Hartford, uh, Boston, and us, so it wasn't it wasn't any it wasn't no run and gun hockey at that time. Mm-hmm. And then you also had the privilege of playing in another pretty famous building there in Chicago for a couple of years with the Blackhawks. Yes, uh, the stadium. I mean. That that that's probably one place I'll never forget about uh, you know the Gulf War and and uh, and the national anthem there how loud sure. that could be you couldn't even you could not even hear your own thoughts uh, it was it was impressive but it, it was pumped up you get pumped up for the games every 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 game we played there the first first after the national anthem was over you were ready to go. And if I have my timing right, you were there right as they were moving into the United Center also, right? Yes, I was there when, when we moved in. And, and it was a totally different, uh, you know, the locker rooms and everything. Everything was brand new and huge. And it's a beautiful building, that one, too. But, uh, you know, stadium, it was 
the door three and a half with so many legendary people going through that door. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was a it was an unreal building. And you wrapped up your NHL career in Finland. I'm sorry, in Finland, in Vancouver. And um, I tweeted a picture of this out during the World Junior Championships as I was walking through the lobby one day. There was a Vancouver Canucks Christian Rutu jersey. And to this day, I still wonder, was it you walking through the lobby at the World Juniors wearing your Vancouver jersey or was it a fan? I I wasn't able to catch up with the guy. So was that you that was wearing the Rutu jersey walking through the lobby? No. No, it was actually my neighbor. I paid him to wear that. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I, I did. Now, I did some extensive research. You know, uh, I sent some text messages around and whatnot prior to getting you on here. Um, before I get to that, though, you once told me a funny story. Hopefully you remember it and you can share it now. Uh, a couple of years ago, you rented or, or borrowed or something, a bicycle uh, in Manhattan Beach that ended up not having brakes on it. Do you remember the story? No, I remember that like yesterday. There's no question about it. I, I didn't rent it. It's actually the it's actually it was actually the one from the hotel and I, I like to drive down to the Starbucks because I'm jet lagged anyway. So I'm at the Starbucks probably around five AM or quarter to five and have a coffee there and I and I said, Well, I'm gonna go for a longer bike ride. So I went down from Starbucks down towards the water and that last hill is Pretty steep, and uh, as matter of fact, I didn't have any brakes. <laughs> they did not. I, I had. Not, I threw the. I threw the coffee out, and I was just hoping there was no cars coming from left or right. Wow. I hope there was nobody walking, and I, I barely, I barely was able to keep myself on the bicycle, and I went all the way halfway down to the pier. And then I finally stopped, and I—I I swear to God, I was shaking. I said, "Nah, that was not healthy. That was not healthy." So, so I—I I have not taken the bike down that road after that incident. I, I'm staying away from that. Well, at least test the brakes, right? I remember seeing. Yeah, you. I know. I remember seeing you about thirty uh, minutes after that. You were still white as a ghost, a little bit shaken up from the. Uh, oh my God! Yeah. And I had to go and change my underwear at the same time. <laughs> well, we're, we're glad that you survived. Um, now, I did have uh, somebody in, inside the King's Circles, King's Management Group, who, who did tell me they were really surprised that the Kings were able to draft some finished players recently uh, the, in the draft a couple days ago because they don't understand how, much, how you had any opportunity or any time to go scout any of those players because of all the golf that you play. Well, I, I tell you, it's been, a, it's been a good, it's good summer. I think I have 137 rounds of golf, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to play tomorrow too. There's no games here tomorrow, so I'm out there at 12, 12:40. It's a little cooler now, but I'm out there. I need to walk. Okay, so you walk. You don't, you don't take the cart. No, no, I always walk. Wow. I carry my bag and walk. Really. I don't lose. I don't lose weight, okay. though. But I <laughs> Does, now, who who among the Kings uh, scouting staff who who will golf with you? Does Yank? I can't see Yank golfing. I don't think he does golf. I I never have I ever golfed with anybody in L.A. No, I don't think so. No, not through the years. Nobody has golfed with me. So uh, I think. Uh, Mark Osborne plays golf. I'm Robbie Laird plays golf, but they've been on the pro side. The pro side plays golf. The amateur sides are in the meetings. How's that? 
There you go. There you go. Uh, sorry. Let's get to the <laughs> let's get to the Kings draft class and talk about uh, some stuff that happened there. What's going on with Jamson? This kid had picked up another two goals. Uh, for those that are unfamiliar, kind of explain how things work with the the different tiers of teams that take place over in Europe. Because I would imagine he might be getting promoted soon. Am I wrong? Well, yes. Well, they're thinking about it. I, I actually the Jamson came really late. Uh, uh, Jan Milau, can I remember the uh, D man from Detroit? I mean, from Ottawa and Pittsburgh, Jan Milau, can I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also called the toy. He actually called me early, early in the season. I think it was early August, and said, uh, "Have you seen this kid, Jansen?" And I said, "Doesn't ring a bell." And he said, "Maybe you should take a look, just just to make sure that you've seen him." And so I went on. I went to Rinknet and I saw we only had one report on you saw him 2018. That's the only report we had on him. Wow. So I came home. I pulled out some uh, videos and started watching Instead and, uh, and and games that he his first game of the year uh, of the season in Junior 20 League and uh, and I see this six foot two very skinny kid. I said, oh, okay. Let's watch and watch, and then kept watching him. And he had two goals and first four assists his first game. I watched him on TV, and I said, "I called Yussi that we, we kind of might have to go and chase this kid down again, because as, as far as what I saw, it's, it's something to take a closer look at." And then I think it was his second or third game. They both got canceled for live viewing because I'm I'm more of a live viewing guy than. And the TV or video guy because I I I want to I want to look at some details myself and they were they were canceled because of the COVID nineteen so there's another little hole there for us uh, for for I think it was for six seven days we couldn't and then finally we caught him in a game and I thought he had a hell of a game and didn't get any points. Then I watched another game live. I thought he had a hell of a game. <laughs> no points. I said, where's all the points coming? And then the game I didn't see again, I think he had four points again. And, and uh, I, it just, it's just a kid that I, I think it's, it's very skinny still, uh, underdeveloped. Uh, he grew a lot during the summer. He's very sneaky. He's got great instincts. Uh, he, he just... Uh, I watched his two goals on, on just to watch. They were both power play goals, and he's a he's a give and go style of a uh, player. But he's a responsible two and a big winger too, at the same time. So he's not a he's not a cookie monster that's just looking for a breakaway. So I think right I now think there's, there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot. There's a lot there when he gets a little bit stronger. I and I think and I talked to Yannick Lawson and too about it earlier before the draft that. They're going to give him a chance to come and play with a big voice, too. Now, he has, I think, 23 points in 11 games, so he's off to a great start there. And for those that uh, that didn't follow the draft too closely, he was taken in the seventh round. And again, back to the time change to Finland, uh, knowing how you and Yanetti like to give each other a hard time, chirp each other, whatever, uh, there's a part of me that thinks that Yank waited until the seventh round just to keep you up as late as possible and, and delay. I mean, they could have taken the kid in the fifth round. There, you know, two fifth round picks were made by the Kings there. You know, maybe you could have got to bed early, but no, he had to make you sweat it out all the way until the seventh round. 
around just to maybe keep you up a little bit later. Yeah, it could be true. I actually, I was thinking, I was thinking when I, I knew there was a couple teams after him, uh, Yamsen, there were two other teams that were looking at him. And I thought, well, when the, I had him a, kind of a flyer. I, I was, I was comfortable, maybe six, seven. I said, if we get it, if he's still there in the seventh round, uh, I, I think we should jump on this kid. And as soon as I we did that and we got him, so I did get a few talk messages from my colleagues, <laughs> and they thought they thought that they might he might slide all the way to them. So happy we we took her. And also I, I text I text Arthur in the morning that congratulations, welcome. Uh, and then I called him the next day, and he said, I said, well, how did you feel get drafted when you woke up? I said, he said he told me he watched the whole thing. Oh, well, that's nice. So he stayed up Sorry. until the late hours. <laughs> he was still up at 3 in the morning. Jeez. Okay. Well, let's let's so, get to the top of the so draft then. Let's get to the top of the draft real quickly uh, because I was worried that you were going to cancel on us. I, I thought you might still be in mourning about the fact that the Kings did not take Tim Stutzel and they went with Quentin Byfield. So let's let's let you air your grievances and get it off your chest right now. Uh, how, are, how are you feeling about the fact that they didn't go with the, big, with the uh, energetic... German and how uh, the fact that they went with Byfield instead. Well, Byfield is our guy. <laughs> I understand that. Turn the page. John, turn the page. Turn the page. Now we go forward. Okay. That's where we go now. I'm really happy to have Byfield. Hopefully you are too. <laughs> I'm objective. I like That's all players. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's exactly. Uh, he's an LA King now, so he's our guy. Hey, Christian, I got a question for you. Um, big picture, when you know, tweets are drafted, fins are drafted. Like, what's the level? Like, you know, you have the difference of play between the Swedish elite league and Liga. Are they comparable? Are they equal? Is there one a little bit better than the other? Like, how do you look at those leagues when you look at these players? I, I don't think there's a. Uh, Maybe I don't think there's a huge difference between those two leagues. Uh, I think uh, the SHL might have a uh, more depth in their lineup, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but also the Liga is more. Uh, it's wrong to say it's more competitive. That's wrong. But the Liga is played also in the NHL size of rinks, and okay. Liga wants and Liga has been really good. For young players, because when Liga takes a young player in, they don't put him on the fourth line. They want to put him in a position that he is good at. Right? Mm-hmm. If you have a skilled player, they're not going to make you a checking line player out of you. Mm-hmm. Right? When they bring him up with the pros, Sweden uh, SHL has been for years that they take young guys and they have them in the fourth line. Usually, they mm-hmm. have starting to change that attitude a little bit. So like. You have the halters playing already, like this year he played power play. So they they actually using these young guys to their strength, rather than just having them around uh, the older guys and you know seeing how how the pros work and and taking a backseat to everything. Now they actually they trying to get these young guys to take more responsibility and be the difference makers in the game too. But uh, uh, Liga and SHL. Pretty similar, uh, totally different 
style of hockey. Uh, I think Liga is a little bit more North American style than, than the SHL. But they were both good, very good leagues, and uh, and they produce good players. Christian, how much do you think you can improve? That the organization can improve. If the guy's got great hands and great knowledge, and, but but he's lacking in skating. To you, is that a non-starter? Does that like move that player down your ranking? Like, how do you look at a guy who might have all the the technical skills, but just doesn't isn't doesn't have that explosive first step, or is not the fastest skater? Well, yeah. First of all, if you, if you can't skate, you have to really be compensate that with unreal smartness, mm-hmm. you know. But it's still it, the game is getting faster and faster. Uh, you can work on your skating a little bit, but I, I don't think like for me, hockey sense is something that is based on reaction, not as much mm-hmm. on thinking. You can do the X and O's right. on the board and all that, but when you're on the ice, if you don't have hockey sense. I think hockey is really hard to teach. Okay, you, you, you're just you're just kind of born with it. You know, it, it's like you have a computer up in your head, and it it just reads things, and your vision is maybe wider, and you you say, "All right, this is where I'm going to go." It's I think hockey sense is not a thinking game; it's, it's a reaction game. Mm-hmm. When you're where you're high end, I don't think Wayne Gretzky was thinking too much on the ice. He he reacted to things. Roots, there were a lot of European players, and obviously as the head of European scouting for the Kings, I'm sure you weighed in heavily. Let's uh, let, let's go through some of the names here. Helga Granz, the defenseman uh, who was taken at 35 in the second round. Just a, a couple of bullet points or tidbits on this kid. Uh, Helga, Helga, Helga's tall kid, uh, still lot, lots of room to fill in power-wise. Uh, he's, he's actually, he's not skinny. I mean, he's I think he's 90-plus kilos, so he's not, but he's still... There's still more uh, power everywhere. Uh, he's very good on the power play. Uh, he's got a very good one-timer. He's got very good offensive instincts. Uh, he's still got work on his defensive game. Uh, you know, gaps and reads and those little things. And those were uh, Sean O'Donnell and those guys have to work with him. Uh, but he's, he's, he's got his offensive instincts are very good. And, and he can move the puck. He finds first and second options when he makes moves up the puck. And now with the third pick in the second round, uh, or their third selection overall, they traded that. They were able to get Leis Anderson. Uh, just what can you tell us about him? Obviously, he's suspended right now, not playing, has a couple more games to go, and he'll be back for HV71. But what, what can you tell us about him and what you've seen of him over the last year or so? Well, Leis has always been... Uh, Leis wants to be a winner. Uh, he's a tough cookie. He, he, he just... He's got a very strong inner drive, and he wants to win. I mean, he wants to win so much that he threw that silver medal over the plexiglass in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. At the World Juniors, if you do remember that. I do, and I for think, people that uh, have been... For people that have been critical of that, I always lean back on the uh, Dean Lombardi comment about, I'd rather have to tame the tiger than have to paint stripes on a kitty. Yeah, I know. It was, it was a disappointment for him because he wanted to win so hard. Sure. Uh, he did get he did get the gold after a few months uh, in the World Championship. And I texted Leah and I said, well, I, I guess that one didn't go over the flexi. <laughs> 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 so, sure, sure you appreciate now, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, he said, no, no, this one is going all the way home. 
no, he's a, he's, he's a, he wants to win. There's no question about it. He's got a hard inner drive, and and uh, and uh, he's, he's, we'll, we'll see. I mean, he had a tough time in New York. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work. Uh, also, he's going to be a year older again, year and a half older when he comes to LA. So maybe maybe also. I mean, there's always two sides of the story, right? So. Mm-hmm. In any anyway, so I for sure he will get in. He's getting another chance, so hopefully use it the right way. But sure. uh, as a player, as a player, you get a competitive kid who who wants to win. Well, I talked to several NHL executives uh, in in kind of the twenty four hours after the trade, and uh, nearly all of them said that that could have been the steal of the draft in terms of an acquisition. Love the talent that he has, and to uh, to be able to get that for uh, for a late second round pick is pretty phenomenal. So we'll have to see how that uh, situation plays itself out moving forward. In uh, in the third round at pick sixty six, the Kings picked up Casper uh, out of Finland. I'm sure you know him well. Simon Taivo. Simon Taivo. There you go. Right? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he, he, let's say this way. I don't think anybody was overly pleased out of his game the year before. Or not not the game. It's just I, I think he, his conditioning was a problem. And, and just doing our due diligence starting this season and what he did in the summer... Uh, UC did a lot of uh, background search, and they said they he's really improved in conditioning, and 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 it actually shows in his game. He 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 can really he, he's uh, one of those guys who who does score. He's a natural scorer. The skating is good enough. I mean, yes, he's short, but he's fairly stocky, and and he he's just. He gets his sticks. He, he wins a lot of loose box battles with his sticks. He got a long stick, and uh, it just his hockey sense is very good. He reacts to things. He knows where to be, and and the puck does follow him into the scoring areas. So now in- it, it, it's going to be interesting. It, it just now the work starts even harder. So to make it to the NHL. And he's one of the, I can't even believe I'm about to say this number, he's one of the 11 guys that could potentially represent the LA Kings at the World Junior Championships in a couple of months. 11 players. Roots, I have to ask you, did you ever did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine a time when the Kings would be sending 11 players to the World Juniors? I think we used to have one. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Last year they set the record with nine, and that, I mean that was incredible. But now we're talking about potentially eleven players, uh, and you could have two of them on on Team Finland, who of course you secretly are cheering for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, it, it it's good. I mean, just shows that uh, that we're, also we having more picks too, which helps. Sure. Well, I, it's it's like a little we, bit more we, than the law we, of averages, though I would think. Yeah, yeah, but it, it helps. So, but it, yeah. Let's hope they all all make it, and if they don't make it, they can make it the year after. Okay. How about Markin in the goalie? He was taken in the fourth round. The Kings were expected to take a goalie somewhere in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, they were able to get him. Son, obviously, of a former NHL goaltender, and. Uh, 
his dad actually now owns a team overseas from what I understand. But uh, any, any just tidbits or points on Markkanen? And you can confirm, hopefully, that he does not weigh 146 pounds, which was what was reported. Uh, I, I'd corrected that for most people. But can you confirm that he does not weigh 146 pounds? No, no, but he still can put some meat on the bones. I mean, uh, <laughs> for sure, he's skinny. But no, uh, I liked him the first time I saw him. Uh, but also, I mean, uh, Bill Ranford's been looking at tapes. And, I mean, they, they've been looking at different goalies that we're, we were looking at. So they also gave their gave their approval, which is very important. Because uh, scouting goalies is a little different. Um I like the Sky, Sky goalies I, because I'm thinking, can I score on this guy or not? If I can, then we shouldn't draft him. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Is no, that the final but, note in, he, in your report that you file? Is that the final note? Can I score on him? <laughs> yes or no? And then you check a box? <laughs> no. But I, I, I like I like Juho's game. I, I like how focused he is. And he's grown a lot, too, uh, in the summer. I mean, from last year, I think last year he's grown. He's a lot taller. I mean, he's six two now, and I don't know if he's even done growing. But uh, I like I liked his uh, his post to post movement. He's been tight. Of course, uh, having having his dad played in the NHL and had a great career, so I'm sure he's getting a lot of a lot of scoops how to play. And 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 you'll see, it's not uh, the dad is not pushing the kid too quickly to play in the league, so he's playing. Mestis now, which is the uh, lower pro league right now, so it's it's good, it's good that uh, that he goes step at a time. And then we have the import player also uh, to talk about, which uh, in the fifth round. Uh, Martin Kromiak, I believe he was, uh, he played in the OHL for Kingston for the, for part of the year, but, uh, he's really originally from Slovakia. And did you happen to catch him at all when he was, uh, playing overseas? I saw him in August in Linka, which is a year ago, year and a half ago, almost. So that's, uh, I mean, that's 14 months ago. Yes, I did. I saw him in Linka. I thought he was one of their best players in you know, the Slovakian team at the time. Smart little player. I mean, he, He's grown probably now, uh, but I did not. I watched a few tapes on him for sure when he came to Kingston, and I watched a few tapes and when he played in Slovakian league. But we were actually we wanted to go and start his chase at the World Juniors and then see how he does there and see if, if he's improved. But he didn't make the team and he came over to Kingston, so so it actually ended up for uh, our Ontario scouts to watch him more closely. Christian, I want to ask you about a player. Um, he's not a prospect. You didn't draft him, but um, I'm sure you're familiar with him. Who's I think this year's kind of a make or break year for him would be Carl Grundstrom. Like, and he came up the first time, five goals in 15 games. Didn't show well this. He went back down to Ontario. His potential, do you think he's going to be on the roster? What's what your just thoughts on, on Grundstrom in general? I, I I really like I really like Carl. I, I think he's he's a he's a solid player. Uh he wants a lot of him. He's really good in front of the net and around the net. Uh he's he's pretty much uh consistent player. You know, he's gonna give every every night pretty easy to see what he's gonna give you. Um I and he's always in shape. I don't think he's I mean, he 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 trains hard. Uh, he, I don't think he's easy to play against. 
either. I think it's hard too. Mm-hmm. It's hard to play against in the end. So uh, I, I really hope he's going to have a super camp and, and and have a super year for us. Roots, you've given us a great 40 minutes. Certainly appreciate your time coming on, uh, especially considering the time change. Two quick ones to let you run. Rasmus Kapari, uh, a lot of debates. I've debated myself on this one. Uh, ultimately, a center or a winger, where does he slot in? Just sort of, what do you see in his game? Do you like him better as a center? Do you like him better as a winger? And any thoughts or opinions about Kapari? Uh, I, I think Rasmus is funny. Rasmus can play both positions as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, as good as center or wing. I think that's going to be strength in the end. I mean, you can use you can use his speed on the outside. Uh, he's uh, but he's he's also I think he's a good center. He's good in the face off too. So I mean, there's, there's a lot of I mean, wherever he fits. I mean, he's just happy to to play. I'm sure. I mean, now I think he's in LA. He's been in LA for the last week and a half, two weeks training over there. So mm-hmm. and his knee is feeling fine. So. No, I don't, uh, John. I don't see any any difference if he plays wing or center, wherever he fits gotcha. on the roster at that night. I think, and uh, as I said, I don't think there's a. He's one of those guys who actually, because of his speed, he can play both positions. Right. I, I, the reason I asked the question is I'm actually very curious to see uh, Coach Robo, the new coach in, in Ontario, if they're going to try him out at wing or not. Um, he, he played pretty much exclusively at center last year. But, yeah, you're right. From what I heard, he's he's back in L.A. The knee's holding up. He's uh, he's back on the ice for a couple weeks now, from what I understand. So very curious to see once the AHL gets going at some point, like all of the other leagues. Let's, uh, let's end it on this then. Uh, don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm sure that in your back pocket you have to have one or two good Mark Unetti stories. Give us, uh, give us a story or two about the man who I call the smartest man in hockey. I'll take the fifth on that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. You have nothing, Roots? Nothing? No. No, it's it's like the list. It stays in the room. (laughs) The world is like Vegas. I got it. (laughs) Scouting world is a Vegas. You know, we we keep it ourselves. Uh, No, no. Uh, I mean, the last one was when he was. We were actually in Switzerland. We wanted to. Uh, we we were in hurry in the game, and uh, Mark is never early. First of all, he's always he's not late. I can't call him late, but he's he's. We're waiting outside probably ten minutes, and the clock is ringing, and all of a sudden I get the phone call. I said, "I'm running late because <laughs> I can't get to my room." And I said, all right, so we'll wait. And I, I, he told me, when he finally got in the car, he was quite, kind of quiet about it, but then, then the story came out. He was wearing his, he was wearing, I'm, I'm not sure it was the Batman outfit or the Spider-Man uh, outfit that he uses when he does his exercises. <laughs> and so he was, he was supposed to always cutting it close, so he was running Maybe not late yet, but the key didn't work in his room. So he had to go all the way down to the reception, get a new key, and he said, room 358, he got the key, and it didn't work again, and I can see there was a couple maybe F words, <laughs> maybe. or damn words, or maybe, or oh, oh, oh gosh, yeah, oh sure. gosh. So he went all the way down and said, 
well, this key doesn't work, uh, 358 or whatever the room number was. And he got another one. And then the lady asked her, uh, are you Mr. Yanetti? Yes. <laughs> well, your room is 583. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good so, one. So I, 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 I think the. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So uh, we did. We did give him a little laugh. We said, "No, that can't only happen to you." Uh, well, he's he's a good guy, and Roots, uh, so are you for joining us on Kings of the Podcast today. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks for your insight, and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Stay safe, guys. Christian Rutu. We'll be back after the break, and we'll talk about that and a few other notes. Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. We're back for the final period here. Christian Rutu, great interview there, DB, uh, as we like to do coming into the third period. Any any quick standout moments or, or thoughts in talking with Roots? Yeah, yeah, just a cool cat, man. I could see those. I just, just could imagine those road trips with him and Fuda and Yanetti. Like, what? I wish I had a, That would be great reality TV, John. That would be a best, a most viewed uh, reality TV show. On any network you can get it on. For sure. Let's yeah, we we've all seen the um the you know, the the road to the cup and the road to the winter classic. I would love to see some of that stuff. I can tell you I was I was honored to spend time um with him at the World Junior Championships like I the talked Junior about Jam. up in Vancouver mm-hmm. a couple years ago. And um I, I mean I just I felt like I was laughing uh, the entire time, days on end. Just it's one liner uh, one uh, one liner after another one liner after another one liner. He's just uh he's fantastic, just a great guy and fascinating when you really think about it from an NHL perspective, played six hundred some odd games in the NHL with a yeah. what three teams there but man overseas over in Europe everybody I talk to says the exact same thing that you just don't understand how important and how big of a guy uh he is over there I mean it's it's like I said the C's part when he's in town everybody makes way for Christian Rutu and so you know he's 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 the star attraction even though you're bringing in you know whether it's Rob Blake or Mark Unetti or anybody else that's going over there from the King's executive group it's the Christian Rutu show when you're over in Europe it's pretty funny and remember, Yanetti said he could have played a thousand games over here, but he chose to go back home and play for his country and play over in uh, in Europe. So yeah, just a guy that's been around. And you know, it's funny you could tell the sense of humor the guy has. But like when you ask him a question about anything about you know the level of play in leagues or um, or prospects, like he knows it's crap. I mean, there's no there's no question why this guy is the lead scout for LA and why they have success finding these players in Europe because it's such a knowledgeable guy. You know, kidding and jokes aside, you can see the depth and, and length, uh, the breadth and depth of knowledge this guy has. I, I could talk for, or listen, excuse me, I could listen for hours and hours too about, you know, stories from the old days. I mean, just, he dropped that, I did, honestly didn't know, he dropped that nugget about not finding out that he was drafted for several months after. I mean, that's just fantastic. <laughs> you always hear these stories right, exactly. from before, but it's like, I've never heard months later I found out I was drafted. Yeah, that's especially now, right, in 2020, where, you know, you're getting into, like, in 30 seconds, you know, on Zoom, if you've been drafted or not. And some of the, you mentioned the one prospect stayed up till probably five or six in the morning to make sure he was, uh, 
he was drafted. So to find out months later, like that's <laughs> it's incredible, John. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it, we've had some great podcasts here of late. DB, uh, we had Mark Yannetti on recently. We had Christian Rutu on to um, you know take a look at things from an LA Kings draft perspective. And now coming up on our next episode, I guess I can leak this to everybody. Uh, we have yeah. speaking of the draft, we have the Kings' top draft pick coming up in our next episode. Yes. Uh, we're going to have Quinton Byfield, who was selected by the Kings <laughs> with the second pick uh, after you know a lot of debate for many many months, at least in some circles, but <laughs> not for those that were. No debate on this show. Yeah, no debate on this show. It's been it was Quentin Byfield all along, and uh, can't wait to get him on the program, DB, and sort of start to uh, you know establish that relationship, ask him some tough questions, and so we look forward to that. Thank you to all the listeners. We appreciate the tremendous response we get online, and uh, glad to hear that you guys are enjoying the show. Uh, DB, any parting thoughts for everybody as we leave here with this episode? No, just looking forward to uh, some rest after free agency and and the draft and the Stanley Cup final. But looking forward to talking to QB. That should be an awesome interview. No rest for you, DB. I already have the next four guests already lined up to go. So (laughs) more podcasts to come. Uh, There's no off-season here at Kings of the Podcast. (laughs) We'll be talking to you guys soon. Thanks, everybody. This week at Macy's, get great deals on fashion and home essentials. Update your wardrobe with 20% off new spring shoes and sneakers and 20 to 50% off fresh looks for him and her. Plus, transform your space with Lux Hotel Collection Bedding, now 40% off. And Macy's Star Rewards members can earn on every purchase except gift cards, services, and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.